You're with Julian on the Brown Note and a review of the Digger D album, his third mixtape after Double Tap Diaries made in the Pyrex called Naughty by Nature, which I think is a good title. Uh, he spells naughty. So in the 90s, there was a very prominent uh, rap collective called Naughty by Nature, but he spelt it N-O-U, naughty, as in the noughties, as in the when he was born, as he's a post-millennial uh, from Labroke Grove, West London, styley, and uh, a purveyor of drill, UK drill music. Now, I think UK rap music next to the uh, rap or spoken music out of the Caribbean and out of North America is one of only three places where you could say that they have a credible indigenous part of rap music it wasn't always that way in the 90s uh, the uk's approximation of american rap music wasn't particularly interesting there were really good people like roots maneuver and that that came through but it was really with the advent of grime when it became this indigenous thing to the uk that sounded like nothing else on earth even instrumentally it was nothing like american um, rap music and also if you go back to the sort of um the sort of really dusty stuff by uh, the instrumental of you know tricky and portishead a massive attack that had a big influence on american hip-hop as well and you look at people like the wu-tang clan as well but grime itself which has gone in waves sometimes it's been really really sort of uh, obsessed with the charts and sometimes it's been the exact opposite and extreme but the last decade really saw UK rap come into its own. You had perhaps more traditional people like Dave come through with um, uh, some very prominent couple of albums. You had the rebirth of Grime, where Wiley and Skepta and Carno and people were coming through. And Road Rap, which was a much harder variant of uh, traditional UK rap. But the real kicker was UK Drill. Um, Drill came out of Chicago with the likes of Chief Keefe around the start of the decade. But arguably, the most zeitgeist rap style on planet Earth at the moment is UK Drill and its subsidiary, Brooklyn Drill. Uh, and the American side of it, I point to the UK far more than to Chicago because uh, Pot Smoke and uh, the UK producer 808 Mellow really define that um, and that whole sound has really taken me I've really liked it for such a hard-edged kind of um, genre it's actually amazingly pleasant to listen to very sparse very sort of wonky bass lines quite post-grime I think in a, in a lot of ways um, and we've seen you know Skepta and Stormzy and all these people come through um, but now there's people like uh, Heady One from the drill side of things really coming through and last year's Edna his major label debut was excellent album really really good and Diggity is kind of like one of the originators of the whole scene the other thing to make very very clear here this music UK drill has been subject to some of the most onerous uh, censorship I've ever seen in any music um, the only kind the, the kind of censorship that will only ever apply to black people so because of the um, waves of knife crime and so on in the UK, there's a thing which replaced the antisocial behaviour order, which was the ASBO, uh, which was given to usually poor kids that were accused of violence uh, and being antisocial. It's now the criminal behaviour order. So you get slapped with these, and Diggity's no stranger to prison. He's been here three times, and he's 
before the age of 20 and he was um, stabbed in the eye and lost the sight of his eye the last time he went in. But these things perpetuate, because uh, he's got this CBO against him, he can do virtually anything and they can throw him in jail. So this is the level of censorship. He isn't allowed to mention certain postcodes, certain people in his music. They have, the Metropolitan Police have been taking down music videos off of YouTube. I mean, this is a really dangerous arena to be in. And he has to vet his music with the police before it's released which is one of the most astonishing and depressing things I've ever heard. And when you're in that area, they, they keep sending you back to jail for breaching one thing or another because there's, if they want to put you away, the more successful you are, the more that they'll blame you for. So uh, it's horrific from an artist's point of view. So anyway, he's come back with his third uh, mixtape, which will likely top the UK charts. I think it did top the UK charts. He's a core celeb in the UK. And it's uh, called Naughty by Nature. Now, he's been someone... I mean, as an album, I've got pluses and minuses here. He's someone that was sold to me that he's got this incredible energy. Um, the overall album uh, is slightly stayed. And I kept wondering about this criminal behaviour order and the fact that the police had to review it and what impact that would have on the album he'd present. Because I could feel it. It was a little bit softer than I, than I thought it would be, a little bit more subdued. Um, a lot of it is in the same pocket. It's a very consistent album. Um, the first couple of tracks aren't that interesting. Uh, the alter ego and the uh, intro aren't that interesting, but Load Up gets a little bit better on track three. And Stuck in the Mud and Pump 101 are probably the first two real standouts. Uh, most vibrant actually the um the production on pump 101 it even reminded me of clips sort of that sort of neptune's hell have no fury production hell have no fury is the greatest rap album so far this century where i got worried was hold it down so i wasn't a fan i think stormzy is one of the most charismatic people in to ever have come out of uk rap but i really didn't like his debut album uh, if I want grime, I want grime. If I want UK drill, I want UK drill. And probably two thirds of that album was all seemed to be preaching to the American choir. There's a lot of American hip hop and a lot of sort of lover man ballads. And Hold It Down is um, really in that sort of vibe. And I thought maybe this album would go down that track, and I really wouldn't, you know, stab for a, a American. And and the next track, what you uh, what you reckon as well, it was almost straight up trap, which is not what I want to hear. Um, but it's still not bad, and there's nothing bad at all at this point. It's a very consistent tone. Um, I thought there were some more standouts as it progressed. Main Road and Secret, I thought was pretty decent, and G Lock. They were all sort of um, three tracks in a row where I really sort of thought, yeah, this is actually really good. G Lock in particular. Um, it sort of got this baseline feel to it, and I love um, that a couple of times on this album we get this intersection between these various forms of music, especially coming up in a bit. Um, what else? Yeah, there's a lot of post-808 mellow sort of um, bass stuff on there. Why as well, which is a great track. Um, but I want to be very clear about something. There are two albums here. There's the album proper, and there's the extended album. Now you have to get the extended album, which adds another seven tracks, taking it up to 23, for a very good reason. 
Those seven tracks are everything that the first part of the album is not, uh, which is dangerous, eclectic, full of energy, very exciting, all over the shop, um, and where the album's hardest material is. Those seven tracks that end the album and the extended version are magnificent. They're a collection of promotional tracks and singles. Uh, Wasted kicks it off and is this incredible... Uh, some of the mixing on that isn't quite there because it sort of drops the volume of the um, drums when they kick in. But an intersection between drill and northern bassline, Bad Boy Chiller Crew area bassline music and garage and two-step, and that is thrilling. It's full of energy uh, and it's a lot of fun and it's it brings the album into vibrant life it was a i think it's a silver selling single in the uk already um so all these singles aren't on the album proper but only on the extended version but just that's the best part of the album uh 2k17 as well it's finally we get something that's really menacing and i wondered whether the album proper was vetted by the police and the extended version wasn't because this is one that is menacing and talks about knife crime uh, so Red Light as well, another one that's a bit more menacing. Um, the promo, uh, what's the promo one? A little promo at uh, track 20 is the hardest track on the album. And all, all seven extra tracks make for a much more thrilling ride than the rest of the album does. Um, so I really did, I really thought that the, um, even the Amelia at the end, that's another really hard track. And the, free, the three freestyles in a row as well. Very, very good stuff. Uh, really, really, really good stuff on that. I, I, I just wish they'd taken those seven tracks and peppered them throughout the album because it would have lifted it. It's a very consistent album, the first unextended part of the album. Um, but it's an awful lot that is in that post-808 mellow pop smoke arena of um, instrumentation without actually bringing that much new to the table. So they could have easily, you know, if you'd have dumped Wasted or Red Light in the top in the first four tracks, it would have just exploded the album a lot more. So overall, it's a really good listen, um, but an album of a schizophrenic heart, which is that everything I was told about Digger D seems to happen in those extended cuts, where it's so a more staid experience, if a very listenable one on the album proper. I would have probably given the album proper still about a 7 out of 10. It is a very consistent listen and there's not really much in the way of weakness on it. But with those ecstatically brilliant seven tracks that foment the end of the album on the extended version, I'm going to give Naughty by Nature an 8 out of 10.